0: Welcome to the Turd Nerds. We are the Functional Gastroenterology Podcast discussing all things poop. Before we take the plunge into today's episode, let us tell you a bit about ourselves. I'm Dr. Rebecca Sand, a naturopathic physician and acupuncturist, and I specialize in all things gastroenterology, hormones, and fertility. I'm Dr.
1: Ami Kapadia, and I'm a medical doctor trained in family medicine and functional medicine with a special interest in gastrointestinal health, and environmental allergies, and autoimmune disease.
2: And I'm Dr. Alana Gervich, a naturopathic physician and acupuncturist who is board-certified in naturopathic gastroenterology. I specialize in inflammatory bowel disease, IBS, and other functional digestive disorders. Let's jump into today's episode.
0: The following discussion is for educational purposes only and not intended to diagnose or treat any diseases or conditions.
1: Please consult your doctor before incorporating any of this information into your care. The
2: information presented
1: on this podcast is not medical advice.
2: Welcome back to this episode of The Turd Nerds. So we are still on our quest to understand the perfect prokinetic for our individual patients. We are on phase two. Phase one was looking at everything that had to do with serotonin and everything that had to do with dopamine. Dr. Sand, jump us into acetylcholine. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that awesome yeah. introduction. I'm, um, I'm, I'm I, excited. I am
2: pumped yeah. about getting people to poop.
0: Yeah, I, same. Same since I a a true passion of mine. Um, all right, so our next class here are acetylcholine esterase inhibitors
2: okay can we just go really big picture before we dive into this episode and just re- remind us what acetylcholine does do you want me guys do you want me to give you a quick recap it. of what I acetylcholine
0: it's cho- uh, but I know it does so many more things. So
2: acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter that plays a vital role in the central and peripheral nervous system. It's involved in muscle contraction, memory, cognitive function, and then it has a bunch of G- uh, a bunch of effects in the GI. So in the GI, it seems to regulate the various smooth muscles that cause contraction, glandular secretion, and motility of the GI tract, which is why we have drugs that are acetylcholine esterase
0: inhibitors inhibitors.
1: anticholinergic drugs which can which can worsen some of these motility issues and urinary retention and dry mucous membranes and all of those things
2: okay so an anticholinergic blocks the effects of acetylcholine in the nervous system Mm -hmm. so basically the anticholinergics inhibit the binding of the acetylcholine to the receptors so it uh it effects like uh, decrease smooth muscle contraction, reduces glandular secretion, and alternate altered nerve signal transmission. Mm-hmm.
1: So it dampens the effects of acetylcholine. So these are like antihistamines and various other anticholinergic drugs. Yep. Okay, and so that's the
2: drug class we're talking about.
0: We're talking about acetylcholinesterase mm-hmm. inhibitors. So the enzyme that breaks down acetylcholine is acetylcholinesterase.
2: That is so important. And Thank you yeah. for that clarification. Yes, so if, important.
0: ACE is an enzyme, um and if if we're not breaking it down, we have more bioavailable acetylcholine,
2: which is why we're using it for constipation. And we're increasing yep. the activity of acetylcholine. We got
0: it. Really, we just want acetylcholine <laughs> in okay. the gut. We need it to move stuff.
2: Okay, I'm ready to dive in. Go. Okay.
0: Do you know any of the drugs in this class? Not you do I do you know. I
2: know one. I know one. It is. It starts with a P. Yes.
0: It's used a lot in like mass cell type yeah.
2: stuff. Yeah, it's like it's got a Y in there and a G you in there. You it. It, no. it does not have a Z. <laughs> no. I can't a remember great yes. <laughs> Py- Can I buy a Oh, vowel.
1: Pyritostigma? Yes.
0: Pyritostigma, yes, Yes, that's okay. the one. Nice. I
2: played around with this drug for a little bit when I was desperate getting yeah. people to. Poo. Oh yeah,
1: that was good. That uh-huh. was discussed in the MPS yep. talks yep. that we yep, went yep, to. Yep.
0: Okay. Yeah. So this class of drugs in general uh, works by inhibiting acetylcholinesterase, which thereby increases the bioavailability. Of acetylcholine.
2: Okay, can we just do go, go real big picture? I don't know if we can because I yep. don't think I can. Yeah, I'm not sure I can. Acetylcholine either. Acetylcholine, Doctor Kapadia. Please don't put me on the spot. Is this the drug <laughs> we've used in myasthenia?
1: My, oh, oh, yeah, I think it yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. Yep, okay. okay. That's are... the context that most people might have heard totally. of it in. Yep, yep, yep. In the conventional we've world, we got pyridostigmine and
0: neostigmine. It was pyridostigmine that yep, we've yep, yep. use. used. Yeah. Yep.
2: And so, if something is anticholinergic. No, it's, it increases, it increases secretion of acetylcholine and of like fluids, right? That's
1: anti, you're thinking about anticholinergic
2: drugs and like drugs in elderly
1: people that we avoid because it causes That's exactly what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things about this class of drugs is you see systemic effects. Like, yes, they work in the gut, but we have acetylcholine everywhere. Um, it affects like our nerve conduction, our interaction with our nerves and our muscles, and then like um, kind of like a stress response kind yeah. of situation. Um, so essentially what this is doing with the increase in acetylcholine is enhancing transmission of nerve impulses at our neuromuscular junction so we can see the repercussions For the whole body, but it can improve the tone and the signaling between nerves and muscles in the bowels as well, along with that acetylcholine um, being a prokinetic piece. So, um, this is generally going to be for people who have like POTS, myasthenia gravis, diabetes um, type constipation is another. uh, Because you've burned off the
2: nerves that. Because of the
0: nerve damage. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, The effects of these drugs are they improve colonic motility and they have a ton of systemic effects.
2: So, only large bowel, nothing small bowel.
0: Um
1: I don't know. I feel like one of our one of the local teachers of uh MCAS and such is a big fan of using this mm-hmm. drug for constipation. Yep. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Even if they don't have any of those other complicating factors, although they often have p- POTS as well.
0: Yeah. And I see given commonly probably from that same person as a prokinetic. And yeah. We, we share exactly. some patients where that is the drug we use right. for all the reasons that she, her brain knows about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do see it work. Yeah. Um, so this is called mestinone generally, pyridostigmine, right, right. Mm-hmm. and it is uh, increasing acetylcholine, increasing motility. It is approved currently for POTS, Myasthenia Gravis, and reversing um, NMBAs, which is that like paralyzing drug we give for intubations and things like that. Ah. We're not going to be using that, uh, most likely. I don't know, maybe. Nope, I don't <laughs>
1: intubate anymore. Nope. You don't want me doing your intubation. <laughs> yeah. that, means Definitely not. We're, okay. that means the healthcare system is in bad yeah. shape okay. if, I, if I'm doing the don't intubation.
2: Don't call Dr. Jabadia for your intubation. <laughs> don't, also, don't call Dr. Gravis. <laughs> yeah. Or also, me. don't Just
0: call Dr. Gravis. hospital people. <laughs> um and this can be given in all sorts of forms we have oral we have im we can do qd bid at bedtime like lots of ways to give this um for a dosing it is not fda approved for constipation although i've seen it help with that and the adverse effects are a lot of the acetylcholine type stuff so we can get twitching we can get changes in periods like increased pain and contraction with our periods um we can get dry skin we can get diarrhea urinary changes like frequency changes pains um vision changes nosebleeds like it's just all over the place i don't even know how you PARQ patients on this one, but
2: It is a long list.
0: Long, long list. And, you know, it's not in no one. Like, it's enough. The the ones I just listed off are in 2 to 10%.
1: And so is it approved as a prokinetic? Like, not unless they have one of those other concurrent conditions, right? POTS and myasthenia gravis. It's off-label
0: for a lot of the gut stuff. We do have studies on diabetes patients with constipation. um, Not, like, not specifically defecatory disorder type stuff. So, like, the bowel floor, pelvic floor muscle aren't necessarily the culprit. It's more like the nerve degradation piece in diabetes. Um, But yeah, um, interestingly, we have a study on pyridostigmine comparing it to bisicoidal, um, which is a stimulant over-the-counter laxatives, um, and they uh, similarly improved symptoms of chronic constipation. Uh, Also, this one can um, decrease abdominal distension, um, and it's sometimes used in PEDS for things like constipation and bloating. Uh, but not by me. Nope. I have
1: never seen it used outside of myasthenia graphism, actually outside of our yep. local community of providers who treats things a bit differently. Yeah. Um, in the conventional world, I haven't seen it used for a lot of these other
0: yeah, one, reasons, not that it um, should When I gave be. this talk at that recent lecture, um, one of our um, friends and doctors came up afterwards and said that he uses it uh, because it's a heck of a lot cheaper than um, calipride. I, I will
2: also say it's a heck of a lot less effective.
0: For, for constipation yes. yeah but it can really help with bloating um as well so um you know it's an option out there uh neostigmine anyone want to take a guess on how to say the drug name of that one? Oh, no, that is know.
2: impressive just so you yeah. guys we're looking at something that has an x of v and a z all within the name <laughs> why don't you stick with and neostigmine BL, yeah. no I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go for it I, i'm gonna say it with confidence. Uh, <laughs> It's Blonsivors. the our drug. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's completely how you pronounce it. Honestly, Absolutely. It would be
0: my guess, too. So anyway, this is an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor, too. I personally have not used this, but it is in this class of drugs. Um, and it promotes intestinal smooth muscle contractions, augments peristalsis, similar to the last one. Um, this one is approved for non-colon pseudo-obstruction. So not a straight mm. obstruct obstruction, but um, when um, often that's like in kids who've been hospitalized and things like that. Systemic effects are about the same. Um, and, uh, some may recommend continuous cardiac monitoring when we're first giving it, uh, and recommended to have atropine available. It doesn't so,
1: seem like we're going to be prescribing absolutely this Absolutely not. No. no. I,
0: again, we do have RCTs on this for constipation, um, and maybe really useful for, um, diabetes folks who are really, really struggling, but again, not in my, uh, chunk of drugs. And, you know, I
2: will say we do also have other good oh, yeah. options totally. for those diabetic patients. Yep. I so I have I definitely have tried to throw this piece of spaghetti against the wall. I haven't had not I have not had great success. You're taking up periodostigmine. I'm talking about this entire drug class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it just doesn't really They're work. not
0: my go-to, no. but again I have shared patients that are using them for other reasons and they seem to help as a prokinetic. I, I really see them help with the bloating piece, so I don't know. Yeah. All over the place. But um someone else could probably give us more information on the alternate uses of that one uh macrolides anyone
2: antibiotics yes yes please
0: one of our favorites is naturopaths yeah no we love
2: antibiotics dish
0: out antibiotics any chance we get um they also happen to be modalin agonists. so modalin what do you think modalin does
2: causes motility
0: oh brilliant i know it's very it's it's kind of tricky
2: that name yep
0: yep 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 um so it's debated whether humans have motilin receptors in the large intestine and we'll talk about why these drugs can actually help with constipation but they're not generally given for constipation um they're more like upper gi symptoms um these are going to be uh erythromycin
2: i've used that one a lot
0: yep low dose low dose uh azithromycin
2: that one, do you know that that is the only antibiotic that increases the length of your telomeres?
0: Cool. I mean, I'm gonna. There's some kind of cool data on it. Yeah, yeah here, and so.
1: it's a. It's indicated now with the most recent updates for pretty severe COPD to keep people on sometimes, which is interesting because it's an anti-inflammatory. Wow, totally. And so it, it seems to have yeah some, some potential beneficial, beneficial effects. effects. I know it
0: also works in the gut. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious about it, and I hope we get more data on low dose. Um, Is it thromyosin? Oh, okay. Um, I don't, I don't know a lot of that data yeah, yet. Yeah, I but, don't either. Um, importantly, chlorothymyacin. Um, I've never used that one. Um, yeah. Um, and metymcinol, or I'm not totally. You're sure. You're not saying it with
2: enough confidence, Doctor Zan. I don't use
0: it. I don't know how to say it, but those don't really. Oh no, no, no sorry. Let me back up. Chlorithromyosin has no motility effect.
2: Oh, okay. That's why it I'm can, not using it. <laughs> um,
0: it, it maybe binds. Um, but um, I'm not going to cover it because it doesn't really do anything exciting for our bowels midim or whatever it is, is a cool drug that hasn't come out yet, um, oh. and it is derived from emith- erythromycin. It's in preclinical investigations, at least last I checked. It is safer and stronger in its prokinetic effects. Mm. So it may be a kind of cool one as we get it, hopefully we get it, to use low dose in some of our okay. patients. But we have um, animal studies this thus far showing efficacy for constipation on it.
2: I just, you know, half of my naturopathic brain is always like, oh, I've seen this pattern where we put somebody on chronic antibiotic use that's low dose for their rosacea, for their acne, for their chronic UTIs. Like, I've seen this pattern. I've been watching it long enough. It generally doesn't end well, I know. but I have absolutely seen the prokinetic effects yep. of different drugs in this class. Yep. So I am. I will just tell you that these drugs personally tear me up right down the middle. I know. I know. Have you?
1: Is there data on azithromycin as a prokinetic? Um, um, cause I, I, I didn't,
0: let I me haven't start seen with erythromycin.
2: Okay, yeah, let's do erythromycin. Right, we so know the most know about most that about, one. Yeah. yeah.
0: So this one at higher doses is used as an antibiotic for like, uh, Bartonella's, Legionnaires, STIs, surgical prophylaxis. Like we all are familiar with erythromycin. Um, it is a modal agonist for the upper GI tract and gallbladder. Oh, I didn't know that. Low doses induce mechanical peristaltic activity in the stomach, duodenum, and esophagus. Um, And the dosing here, so antibiotic dosing is 50 milligrams per kilogram per day.
2: Antibiotic, like if you're trying to kill something. If you're trying to kill
0: something. um, Bugs, let's be specific here. Um, Gastroparesis is 250 to 500 milligrams three times a day before meals, which is really high. Mm Mm-hmm um you're like in the in the antibiotic realm there um but we want to limit the duration of therapy because this one can have heart effects so tachyphylaxis is um like a risk especially if we give it for more than four weeks so if you're doing it that high just be careful we have studies on chronic idiopathic constipation um the dosing is cool on this it's one gram a day for two weeks followed by 500 milligrams um for another two weeks so you have
2: to compound that because the smallest dose yep. I've ever seen in a pill is what fifty. No, no, no. It's two hundred and fifty, and you quarter it, so it gets you to sixty-two and a half. Sixty-two and a
0: half, exactly. Yeah, yep. So the low dose range, and I have not personally used that as a constipation option. Yeah. But we have some data on it. The low dose, um, when we talk about low dose erythromycin, generally is going to be somewhere between that forty and two hundred milligram dose. Um, there's some data that suggests seventy mil, uh seventy milligrams may be as effective as two hundred. So an, uh dose low if we can obviously lowest effective dose but generally a cheap way to get it is get that 250 and quarter it
2: so that one gram and then 500 milligrams what is that used for
0: chronic idiopathic constipation
2: how big was this data set do you I remember know. i don't know off
0: the top of my head okay yeah But interesting, interesting. Uh, it had effect and that's all I can really speak to that. I have PubMed IDs um, we can check, but the cons of this one is in the bowel. um, We do see effects on this one in the right colon and retrosigmoid colon, even though we're not totally sure modulin receptors exist in the colon Mm and the large intestine. Um, And we have a lot of, it's a cytochrome uh, P3A4. So a lot of drug interactions you need to check and bacterial resistance
2: that one makes sense for me. Huge.
0: Yeah. Cautions. We've got the uh QT prolongation thing. Um some recommend a baseline ECG first. Don't give it to patients at risk. Um, and there is prolonged use, a risk of C. diff or pseudomembranosis mm-hmm. coli. Of
2: course. That makes perfect sense. Yep.
0: But, oh, and um, and maybe um, oh, one of you have, have heard of this, but the weight gain piece.
2: So I, this, I oh, always cut. Oh, Dr. Gerwitz loves this. Yeah, I study. do. So basically, what is it that they get? No, I, this is a big thing. What is it that they give to cattle to fatten them up before slaughter? Mm, let me guess. Erythromycin. <laughs> like for me, I'm like, this is like, so this drug, I think in my, when I'm differentiating Went to use it or not? If they're I'm underweight, like, yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like that. It, I think it's appropriate for them, but if they're yep. worried about their weight, I'm worried yeah. about their. weight Or you weight. could feed totally. them that cake you left at our house. <laughs> it was a vegan cheesecake, <laughs> and it was basically that's, like, that's the like, one I had you have yeah, in your freezer right now. Addiction. <laughs> It, is, it was delicious and very good for you as far as cakes go. I
0: love it. I love all these things. Um, yeah. Okay. So for these people, um, it's cheap. That's great. It can help. That's great. Um, it's sort of an adjunctive prokinetic agent is a lot of the time how it's used. Don't give it to your geriatric folks. Don't give it to people who um, may be struggling with weight stuff already unless they really need to gain weight. Um, Don't give it in pre-existing heart conditions. And um, as far as I know, there are no studies on bacterial resistance for the low dose.
2: Because nobody studied it.
0: Because no one studies it. So, you know, jury's out.
2: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My jury's in.
0: <laughs> My jury's not out. Um, azithromycin, Zithromax, or um, z is an antibiotic and a modulin um, agonist. The dosing for this is going to be 100 to 400 milligrams uh, before the first meal. Uh, 200 milligrams works best for most. Um, it has fewer interactions than low-dose erythromycin and no cardiac risk.
1: Yeah, uh, it does have potentially prolonged QT still. It does. I don't know what those doses, Dr. Oh. Sands, so you might be right maybe if you're okay. using lower dose but in in yeah. regular use.
0: These are these are um generally for like the gastro gotcha. effects um but it we we see its effects maybe in the right colon and retrosigmoid um bacterial resistance at this dose for sure. Um risk of Candida? Yeah, for sure. I mean for all, some of us. all
2: of them. Anything in this crap class
0: although is I a see risk that less with
1: Macrolides than with um, tetracyclines. Oh, is that true? I don't know if it's true. Yeah, you just see it less. (laughs) It's true for you. It's true. Uh, In my training, I one of uh, a respected senior attending had said he saw less effects when he had someone on azithromycin longer term than. Um, something like doxycycline
2: Again, Again, it's not a good, it's not a good thing if you have other options. And my soapbox is always the same. It never ends well. I've been in medicine long enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wonder, you know, it like, let's just say we have to give this for a bunch of other reasons. Right. Um, if we dosed it with sac or something Mm -hmm. like that, if that may mitigate.
2: That for me is always my standard. That's my baseline. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and again, who the heck is going to study that? Nobody. I wish someone would because nope. that would help me. Uh, out. Nobody
2: in America, at least, no. for sure. Nobody in America. No. I don't know if nobody in the rest of the world, but I'm definitely no they in America. haven't come
1: up with a combined antibiotic antifungal pill, just to prevent all the
2: things that we do to people. This is where I them. land with Not that. Enough. I'm always like, okay, so you have the antibiotic, and then you have the antifungal. What the hell is left? It's true. Once it's you're true. Done? But if
1: you're doing a one-week course of an
2: antibiotic, <laughs> right? Would it hurt to throw in, like, a week of Nystatin and a combined pill? I mean, there's so much Nystatin resistance is really where we land. Sure, but... And Diflucan has... No, I hear what you're saying. It's not a bad idea. You should patent it. I mean, it's a good... Pharma should should do something.
1: Maybe there's something that they're working on. Nothing
2: about your generic (laughs) (laughs) uh, antibiotic and your generic uh, fluconazole is screaming big bucks for Pharma. But if they put it together, it's a new patentable drug. Yeah, it's
0: like that drug for morning sickness. Oh, B6 B6 and Unisom? B6 and Unisom, (laughs) and it's like a billion dollars. Like no, but what they did is they made it in a a pretty white pill and stamped in pink a pregnant lady's belly. Oh,
2: so cute! They know how to market. It's
0: worth way more. They know how to market. Oh my gosh! Don't get me started. Um, So, the the thing about this one, like I don't know that we have robust data on low dose, but generally what we're seeing as far as the data I reviewed is the effective dose for motility is the antibiotic dose. Again, we're not going to be using this one, but I do just like to talk on it because it is in the drug class.
2: Yeah. And it's not the worst antibiotic out there. Yeah. You know, if you need it, this one, I think, does less harm. Totally.
0: Yeah. And I'm allergic to almost all antibiotics except this one. Oh. So it is my fave.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Let's let's ride that as long as we let's can.
0: Let's do it. Let's not be allergic to that one. Um. So our next class is opioid antagonists and Pomoras. Oh. This is a lot of them. Okay. Does anyone know what the difference between um, opioid antagonists and Pomoros are? Do we I know don't, what a Pomora is? I don't know what a Pomora is. Nope. Peripherally acting mu opioid receptor agonists. Oh, these are all
2: the mu drugs. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them that just came out. Yeah, the drug grab visited me, <laughs> yeah. but not regularly, so I don't know anything about it besides that they exist.
0: Okay, so let's then talk about what the difference is um, and what Pomora's are. Um, so they're like, you know, I said, they're peripherally acting um, but they're different from the ones that that don't do that. So I'm going to go into the different d- drug classes here. Some of them are specifically for constipation um, meaning people who have opioids, who are using opioids for whatever reason get constipated for reasons we'll talk about. I'm going to say, Duh. That. <laughs> um, You but, sound like,
1: like my niece, Lila. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fair.
0: It's fair. But maybe they need to be on that drug for mm-hmm. pain management We still need them to poop So these are going to allow for the opioids to still affect the brain um, But be blocking their activity in the bowels Oh,
2: interesting
0: um, So, a uh, little bit of background information We have a lot of opioid receptors in the submucosa And mucosa that I just tract When we activate the local mu receptors This this taking opioids When we activate it We reduce gastric, intestinal, pancreatic And biliary secretions uh, That's not good Dries them no. right up Um, We inhibit peristalsis, and we reduce the release of acetylcholine. Okay. So you can see why this is just a giant disaster in the gut. Um, Unfortunately, because of all of this, a lot of our laxative products, bowel regimens, dietary changes, lifestyle stuff that we would talk about with constipated patients aren't going to touch them. And some of them can interfere with opioid therapy. So pomoras do not cross the blood-brain barrier. That's really important. Therefore, they do not impair the analgesic effects of our opioid drugs. Um, we've got a couple different here. We've got naloxegol, naldemidine. These seem to be the best choices for tolerability. We'll go through them.
1: Are these relatively new drugs? naloxegol? Not... I
0: think, is pretty new. Okay. Um, it, it's new to me. Yeah. I don't know how it's long definitely it's been new to me. Yeah, yeah, me too. on the market. Movantic is the drug yeah, name. Yeah, I have not seen it. Um, but these are going to be approved for like opioid-induced constipation, post-surgical can- uh, constipation in a lot of our oncology patients who are wow. requiring opioid therapy they do the opposite of everything i just said so they um in they uh increase digestive secretions they increase peristalsis
2: and so this is a this drug class basically if you're on an opioid yep. you're given these pemoras yep. but we're not using them just for idiopathic constipation
0: No, that's not what they're approved for okay um, they're only they're approved for,
2: for opiate induced constipation yes Got and
0: it. i i mean i don't do research into this but i do think affecting our opioid receptors cuz we have them in our body can can be a way to help with all of the things that these receptors do. Um, So, yeah, they're involved in pain in the brain, but we have a ton of them in our gut, and it may be a class of drugs that we get more therapeutic windows to be able to help people who are chronically constipated.
1: Even if they're not on opiates. Exactly.
0: Yeah, they're just receptors that are involved in digestion, obviously. So um, naloxigol or mavantic is um, naloxone.
2: Oh. Conjugated. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Get ready. With polyethylene glycol. Genius (laughs) to keep it in the gut. Genius, isn't
1: it? A little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I wonder if it's just helping
1: because there's polyethylene glycol in it.
2: I bet it's not. Well, we know as a fact, polyethylene glycol is not enough for a lot of these populations. True. true. Good point. Um, point. uh, Also, my bet is it's probably cheap to make, but expensive to market. Yeah. I'm (laughs) just saying. I don't know, but I don't know anything about that. I don't know if that's true.
0: It's very likely. So, opioid-induced constipation. We're usually giving 25 milligrams in the morning. Reduce the dose to once daily if we have intolerance. It's usually abdominal pain. It's cheaper than a lot of the other ones. Lots of drug interactions, but like we need to poop. Um, so the next one is neldemidine. This one uniquely in this class is blocking mu, delta, and kappa receptors.
2: Mu, delta, and kappa receptors. These are Alteoid all endo- receptors. Okay. okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know what any of them do.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, well, they're Greek letters yep, for different I, receptors. Thank you,
2: thank you, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Sam, genius.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm here to help out. You know, just yeah, call yeah. on me. This is slower binding than the other Pomoras, um, but it may have a better risk-benefit profile. Um, Highest rate of spontaneous bowel movement in the class, so that's cool. No restriction in patients with renal impairment, unlike the other ones, but tons of drug interactions, and we see a lot of that All of them
2: have a lot of drug interactions. Yes, 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 yes. yes, Which, ironically, if they're taking opiates, probably they're also on a lot of drugs. Mm -hmm. There's the irony. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep, 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 yep. So this um, methyl naltrexone, Okay. <laughs> is um, Relistor. And one of the reasons I included this in my presentation is because it gets confused with Resolor. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not. They both can act on the gut. They're both, like, designed to be doing that. But it's not Resolore. That is the non-US brand of... Procalibrate. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. This is contraindicated in folks with a history of GI obstruction. I don't know why. Huh. But it is. Um, it's the most rapid onset uh, of of the class. And that's really... It's it. Oh, this is a methylated form of naltrexone, hence its name.
2: Does it naltrexone? work? Naltrexone,
0: so? yeah, for pooping, totally. Hmm. Yeah, Um, it just uh, it, it. We're trying to have it not get to the brain. Is the whole thing. Right?
2: I I can tell you that personally, with my use of naltrexone, I know that it has prokinetic activity, but yeah. I, I it, for me, it's always been a wah wah as far as constipation. Goes. Yeah, it's
0: sort of debated whether it actually yeah. is a true prokinetic. Um, but let's go on to naltrexone. Okay. Uh, we compound this one. There is a drug for it, but we're not giving it in those doses. So this one, um, again, it's debated. It antagonizes mu and kappa receptors, but, um, and it upregulates endogenous opioid signaling. It, it transiently blocks, um, which is part of the way it works. Uh, pros, it can help with all the other things. We use low-dose naltrexone on, good safety profile. We can use it in lots of people, tons of side effects, And um, if it even does have prokinetic effects, which some people swear it does, they're usually transient.
2: That's kind of how I've seen it. I think it's still a very, very useful drug. I generally don't see a lot of side effects when I give it in the low-dose or ultra-low-dose formulations. But can I say that it's a strong enough prokinetic in my clinical experience? No. Right. It might help with other quality of life issues. Yeah. For sure it does. For sure it does.
0: And like, how many of us have seen when you're titrating people up on it, they get diarrhea? Yeah. Like, it's totally moving things for whatever reason, Um, but it's not going to be, like, my choice. It's just, like, in learning about the physiology of pooping and bowel stuff, you know. It's there. It's there. And I might
2: use it, but most likely I'll probably also use a different prokinetic.
0: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, On that same vein, not one we use, but just for, you know, kind of fun facts, naloxone. Oh, yeah or narcan um this blocks opioid binding at the mu receptors peripherally no one's going to give this for constipation <laughs> i however
2: have seen it cause diarrhea Yep,
0: that's it and um, you know my
2: favorite saying mark davis always says the opposite of constipation is not diarrhea it's yes. a normal healthy bowel yes. that's my favorite
0: oh, yeah um so anyway it's um uh this one notably is not a pomora Um, So this and naltrexone are not just peripherally acting. They act everywhere. Um, These are going to, or or, sorry, naloxone blocks it peripherally um, and uh, will counteract the effects as well of the drug. That's like the whole point of it. Um, But it, uh, yeah, that affects on the gut. I don't know that I have anything else really to say about that. That was
2: incredible. I think, I am not even sure if I can recap what you just said, because so much of it was so <laughs> new to me. Yeah. Can we do a quick quick recap and maybe piece it together between the three of us? Sure, sure, sure. So what we talked about this time is we talked about the acetylcholine esterase inhibitors, the macrolides, and the opiate antagonists. Yep. Acetylcholine esterase inhibitors, do you want to do it, Dr. Kapadia?
0: Pyridostigmine, uh,
2: neostigmine.
1: Right. So the main one we've seen is pyridostigmine used yep. for other indications. It can be approved for uh, motility if someone has POTS, myasthenia gravis, okay. other co- or co- concurrent or off-label use um,
2: for uh, for various conditions with motility issues. Yep. Um, Macrolides, I can do macrolides. Macrolides are antibiotics, like the ones that we really are going to use are erythromycin and azithromycin. Mm -hmm. They are used generally in low dose because they work on the motilin, Mm -hmm. smooth muscle receptor. They are antibiotics but they're not terrible antibiotics. I have a preconceived judgment on these drugs (laughs) but I have still used them in people who are generally cachexic and underweight, but not if you have any weight issues because that's my favorite fact.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of this isn't like necessarily our go-to for treating gut disorders but it's really helpful to earn the, understand the uh, physiology of what's happening with bowel signaling because we have a lot of drugs that affect it so whether you know we're dipping into them for various reasons like bloating or whatnot or comorbidities with stuff um, also just being informed on how these drugs are affecting the gut and why is super useful
1: yeah yeah and um, then the the opioid antagonist yep are specifically for patients that are on opioids but need this kind of drug that's going to only act in the gut so they still get the effect of their pain medication but they can um, have the benefits of the prokinetic.
0: Yep that's it. That was a
2: great episode.
0: Awesome.
2: Thanks for joining us today. Stay tuned. We release episodes every two weeks.
0: If you like this episode please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review us to help spread the turd nerd word.